the Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. Just my enemies. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia, episode number 81 of the aforementioned Purple Mafia. As Dylan said, I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Wygen. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to the show. Always a pleasure to have you on board, and it's always a pleasure to talk about a win. Yes, that's right, a win. Yeah, buddy! You really can't go wrong there. There is just no doubt about it. The Vikings win their second game in a row. And ladies and gentlemen, that's right, Leslie Frazier is now 2-0 as Minnesota Vikings head coach. We'll take it. We're very excited. All of us are. There's no doubt about it. I mean, what what more can you say? I mean, this is uh, thrilling. It's exciting. But it also was the Buffalo Bills. And boy, do they look like the Buffalo Bills today. That's for darn sure. Great to have a victory nonetheless. The Vikings are now 5 and seven, which is a start in the right direction. A very slow start in the right direction. Unfortunately, the Bears did win once again. The Vikings' chances of catching them are, well, virtually impossible now. Because the Bears won their ninth game already. <laughs> I mean, what do you do? You can't really catch them at that point. Green Bay also obliterated San Francisco. So, hey, I mean, you control your own destiny in terms of winning. You just win. You just got to keep winning. Not worry about the scoreboard. Uh, we're not even talking about the playoffs because there's no reason to. You just got to keep winning. Unfortunately, the Packers and Bears keep winning, but uh, whatever. As did next week's opponent, the New York Giants. They beat last week's opponent, the Washington Redskins. Go figure, as Brett Favre would say, 31-7. to The Giants win in the NYC, the Big Apple, and all that good stuff. Yeah, well... Plain and simple, the Vikings win today. That's the main topic. Of course, we're going to preview the New York Giants game, and I'm going to give you the analysis that I pretty <laughs> the type of analysis I gave you for today's show. Some people out there would have you believe certain negative thoughts about the show. Let's just say I had heard some negative things about it by an unknown source. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, it's not out there all over the place, or so I hope it will. It won't be. Um, hey. You know what? It, it's just there's certain things people want to say because they hear what they want to hear. <laughs> but if you're telling me there ain't analysis on this show, you're out of your freaking mind. I basically predicted <laughs> what was going to happen in today's game, especially if Adrian Peterson was healthy. And all of you know it that are listening right now. And that listened to episode number 80. What did I say numerous times? Well, the Buffalo Bills have the worst defense in the NFL. Uh, Rushing-wise, rushing wise, they have the worst defense in the NFL. Well, what happened today? Can somebody fill me in on what happened with the running game for the Minnesota Vikings? Does somebody want to fill me in on that? Because you know what? Uh, well, they did the filling. They filled up the numbers, that's for sure. Adrian Peterson, let's see. How, yeah, let's see. He only rushed the ball 16 times. They got 107 yards and three touchdowns. Look, that's not enough to work with. Well, that might not be enough for certain negative types out there. But again, that's an unnamed source, and we're just it doesn't matter. It just doesn't. They're, they're ignorant, and they can stay ignorant. <laughs> you know, they can. They couldn't even enjoy the victory last week. That's the funny part about it. That just wasn't enough. Well, of course it's not enough because we're not going to the playoffs without a miracle. But, hey, you gotta in, you got to have some type of refreshment. The Vikings actually won a road game, and now they've won a second game in a row. Leslie Frazier, well, the positivity. Positivity is the title of the story, and positivity is the theme of a, of Leslie Frazier as Vikings coach. It's all about positivity. The guy spews positivity, and look at the Vikings. You really think the Minnesota Vikings offense, the tedious offense that we saw all year, 
was going to score 38 points against the Buffalo Bills, regardless if it was a home or a road game. We couldn't score against anybody all year, regardless if it was a home or road game. All freaking year. And you were under Brad Childress, yet we put up 38 today. Yeah, the defense had something to do with it, and the Buffalo Bills had a lot to do with it. But you know what? We still scored the points. We still did. Yes, we did. And yeah, I think Favre may have had something to do with some of the disappointment as well. Brett Favre played three plays today as we're getting right into it, segueing right into the game like always, like we like to do as soon as possible. Brett Favre played three plays, threw an interception, and hurt his shoulder. Well, um, goodbye, Brett. It's Tavares Jackson time. And no, I'm not flicking Brett Favre off my off my wrist. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not doing that. No. It's just, hey, he's out, and Tavares Jackson, I guess, gets a chance to play. And he looked all right. Um, the accuracy was kind of there. The accuracy was uh, it was up and down. His overall stats for the game looked okay, other than the three interceptions. <laughs> yeah, the three interceptions were quite a were quite a problem, but the two touchdowns were nice. Both of them, of course, to Sidney Rice, Adrian Peterson, and Sidney Rice looked great. Tavares Jackson forming some chemistry with Sidney Rice early on, and that young man, Mr. Sidney Rice, is looking like the guy we loved last year. And again, boy, oh boy, wouldn't it have been nice to have this going on a little bit earlier in the year? We may have had a more of a chance to go somewhere this season. Unfortunately, well, <laughs> when you dig yourself a hole of three games for the Packers, four games for the Bears, well, you kind of you kind of controlled your own destiny the wrong way. Ah, uh, yeah. But again, as I mentioned, we're going to continue with the game review. And of course, the Twitter.com for Purple Mafia is a Twitter account, excuse me, Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. We're also going to read your posts on the Facebook page and the Facebook group for Purple Mafia Show as well. Appreciate it. Always, 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 always. We're going to read your mentions on Twitter. Not too many this week. Early on, the game wasn't all too great. No, it really there wasn't much excitement early on at all. Certainly not a harbinger of what was to come. Uh, both teams struggle early. Of course, Tavares Jackson not so great at all. Early, especially early on. In fact, he threw a pick six to Drayton Florence. Drayton Florence, yes. It sounds like a very, uh, sounds like a very sophisticated name, dear Drayton Florence, out of the out of the uh, <laughs> out of Wales. But uh, no, um, a nice pick six by Tavares Jackson. My comment to all of you out there was pretty much, "I hope you're happy," because, uh, well, yeah, everybody's like, "Farves out, T Jack time, woo!" Yeah, so then he throws a pick six, and it was about as uh, pathetic a throw as, uh, as you're going to see. Typical Tavares Jackson. Henry Lake also <laughs> had a comment about that. We'll get to that. Uh, it was just, uh, it was entertaining, I guess you could say. It was entertaining. <laughs> Watching Graydon Florence run back for a touchdown, 7-6 Buffalo, with four minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. And uh, it just, uh, boy, that was that was fun. That was fun. It was just like, here we go. <laughs> and not surprisingly, after that pick six, I had to say this. I had to say it because I'm going to say it. I was like, T-Jack with a pick six. Happy, everyone. The solution at Q- a quarterback is not dressed in purple in 2010. No, the solution at quarterback is not dressed in purple this year. He's not. Uh, Joe Webb, everybody likes Joe Webb. Sebastian Balls definitely likes him. Uh, he talked about him again tonight. Just at least brought his name up. Hey, Joe Webb is exciting. He's athletic, but hey, I guess maybe. Well, if he's going to have to pull off kind of a little bit of a miracle to become the starting quarterback of this team, I just kind of think it's going to have to lean that way. It's funny how the announcers say, "Oh yeah, Tavares Jackson. He's the he's the future guy quarterback for this team." You know, next year, 2011. It's Tavares Jackson, baby. I'm not sure I agree with that. <laughs> I'm not sure really anybody does. Tavares Jackson already kind of made his stamp known on the Vikings. He already put his footsteps for this team uh, the last couple, you know, back in 08 and 07. So I, um, it's not like he's this new guy who's been in grooming for the last three, four years and you never got to see him play. And, and God forbid, it's, it's Aaron Rodgers number two. It's, it's Aaron Rodgers wearing purple. No, I, I don't know about that. Rose, Mark Rosen, I had to retweet this because it's just fantastic. He says, oh my, T-Jack. Oh my, T-Jack, what have you learned? Nothing much. Pick six, Bills up, seven at zero. And yeah, that's Mark Rosen's voice right there. I'm in Vikings chat. <laughs> yep, this is a great quote. He said, all he does is throw touchdowns for the other team. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> you can't go wrong with that comment. Lake Show also, that's, of course, Henry Lake of KFN says, same old Tavares, terrible pass behind the receiver. Have you guys seen enough? And, yeah, uh, seen enough to say yes, that's, uh, he, he's the same guy. He is the same guy. There's no doubt about it. Um, luckily, though, on the ensuing drive, Tavares Jackson threw a deep pass to Sidney Rice. I made a mistake. I said to Vasante Shanko, and a lot of you like to correct me on that. I know it's, uh, I'm human, I made a mistake, and I apologize. I said Vasante Shanko as I was tweeting during the game. Kevin from Wisconsin, of course, Kevin McMahon, and uh, All Day AP, Kevin says, Rice, not Shanko. <laughs> and then AP says, what game you watching? And she's like, Rice, not Shanko. And I'm like, yeah, I, I apologize, I made a mistake. It's because he threw the ball to Shanko the previous play, and I just was, uh, you know, Twitter was acting up. Uh, yeah, I was being very ridiculously slow. I was kind of rushing it out there before I got to be like two minutes old. So it's like, and I just, yeah, I made a mistake just like the rest of you. So, sorry. We'll just continue. Vikings defense stepped up nicely after this. Got to say that. The offense looked decent. But, no, as mentioned, Tavares Jackson, really, he hurled that ball up. Sidney Rice wrestled with it uh, like crazy. I believe it was McKelvin, as you heard his name an awful lot today. Ridiculous amount of times today. It was a 46-yard pass that not only was downed on the one-yard line, he actually cleared the pylon. It was reviewed. It looked like uh, it was reviewed. And, uh, excuse me. It was called a <laughs> incomplete pass. But, no, guess what, folks? It was given a touchdown. It even looked like uh, McKelvin had an interception, even, too, as well. Um Okay, a touchdown to Sidney Rice. We'll take it. We'll absolutely take it. The Bills then fumble the ball. This is when the Buffalo Bills just lose their mind. They just, what the heck was this? They fumble the kickoff. Yeah, they fumble the kickoff. Frank Walker recovers it. Good old Frank Walker, who's, uh, you know, I really like him. He was a nice little pickup earlier in the year from the former Baltimore Raven. Looks like he picked up some of that. Vikings, of course, pick it up, and immediately Adrian Peterson scores. It's like, man, the Bills suck. There must have been four play, play, play flags on a short drive. The Bills, an absolute mess. Holding call here and there, nonstop. He, he, roughing the passer, everything. It was just one thing after another. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. A lot of people wondering, where's Favre? Where's Favre indeed? McKelvin made a mistake along the way again. Um, just penalties, getting burnt. Oh, it was just, it was, uh, I've kind of felt bad for the poor guy. But then again, at the same time, hey, we'll take the points. We enjoyed it a lot. Vikings defense is mentioned by uh, <laughs> MN Sports Talk. Says defense still looking good regardless of the challenge. And yes, I know it's just the Bills, but I'll take any positivity. Um, it's just a lot, of, a lot of craziness during this game. Lots of There were a couple of challenge flags thrown during the game. They uh, went in the Vikings' favor. Up and down, it was a lot of fun indeed. Vikings defense stepped up uh, admirably the rest of the game. The Bills, though, they just they have no idea what they're doing. It looked like Vikings did stuff them again, as mentioned. Uh, Jackson stayed in. Bills got so many penalties, it was unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, Tavares Jackson was hit on the ground. That's what happened. And then his helmet flew off, and he's like, "Hey, where's the bleeping flag?" Basically, and he's like, "It's okay, buddy." To the <laughs> to the Buffalo Bill that hit him, I forget exactly which one. Like where where is it? Where's the flag? And then yeah, there it was. We did call it. We'll take it. Gotta love that. Adrian Peterson then scores his second touchdown of the game, his fiftieth of his career. <laughs> that was as we continued up the drive. Just ridiculous. It was just way too much. Way too easy for the Vikings here today. Just way too easy. And again, as I mentioned, hey, if Peterson is healthy. The Bills run defense will be exploited, like I said in episode number eighty. So again, Hey, that's Purple Mafia analyst right there. Analysis. I'm no genius, but I'm telling you folks, you see things, you see a problem, you exploit it, you kick their butts, and that, that's what happened. The Vikings won. Partially because of that, partially because of the penalties all over the place. The Bills snuffed again, just did absolutely nothing. Uh, gotta love that. In fact, actually, on this on the suing drive, <laughs> Antoine Winfield was able to get the interception because, okay, here again, another Purple Mafia thing that I talked about earlier in the year. Yeah, well, now, how many times did I talk about this? Antoine Winfield's a black hole because they never throw the ball to him. He's a black hole. You never hear Antoine Winfield's name because they're always throwing to Asher Allen, 
and they're throwing to Lito Shepard, and they're throwing to, you know, uh, the middle where uh, Medea Williams is, and stuff like that, good old times there. Well, no, this time they threw uh, Mr. Fitzpatrick, that is, threw the ball to Antoine Winfield. He got an interception, a 42-yard return. Tavares Jackson then immediately does a rollout to Sidney Rice. Sidney Rice with his second touchdown of the game. Adrian Peterson already has two as well. Paul Tuniverse Caniff, who was in attendance, shout out to him right here, said, touchdown city right now. I wanted to get a sound bite from him for that, and I didn't, so I'm going to try to get that again. That was just, uh, this is this is just fun. This is really fun. <laughs> I had to retweet what uh, KK said. She said, oh my God, best game ever. I went to Mary Sidney Rice. Great job defense. Uh, definitely a fun game for the Vikings indeed. Buffalo Bills could not get anything going. It was really, this was just an explosion. The second quarter was so much fun. Uh, the Vikings scored 24 points in this quarter, folks. 24 points in this quarter. Way too easy, as mentioned. And I called him MVP. That's right, I called him that. MVP Peterson, making it look easy. And he was. Just a few times, he, even, he didn't even get the ball all that much. Because they're just, I guess they're, I guess they're experimenting with Tavares Jackson again, now with a different coach. A more open style, I guess. Tavares Jackson finally playing for somebody else. Gotta love that. President Spock, meaning... Brentford Jacobson Jacobson says, I guess we know which of Santa's lists Brad Childress is on. Uh, Do check it out on the Facebook uh, page, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. We'll get back to that later. Pretty funny picture put up there by Brent Jacobson of uh, what list Brad Childress is on. And the picture pretty much shows, pretty much says it all. Um, Brent Jacobson also says, wow, T-Jack been running this offense like a well-oiled machine. Uh, I guess so. I guess so. Uh, <laughs> I also told him about how it's a... Yeah, he told me how to check out that picture. And yeah, it, it was pretty funny indeed on the Facebook page. Got it like that. Uh, yeah, Brad Childers clearly on the blacklist. That's for sure. One thing that I couldn't believe, though, Greg Camarillo finally actually looked like he was doing something for once. Not just pretty much standing there and watching somebody else bat the ball out of his hands or catching the ball and making no move, and it's like a two-yard gain, and that's about it. It was a nice little lead pass by uh, Tavares Jackson, because the whole key with quarterbacks, you know, you throw the ball away from the defender, and also so the receiver can catch it in stride and possibly get some yak, you know, yards after catch. Camarillo did that. It was a nice pass. It was actually the most explosive play I've seen for Camarillo. It wasn't that big, but it was it was nice. It was fun to watch. It was a 20-yard gain for Craig Gamarillo. That's like a miracle. Oh, man. This was a very entertaining game. The team looked fun. Unfortunately, the second half would not be nearly as fun, but it was uh, (laughs) pretty much about all she wrote at this point. Dan Taylor comments, say, this is looking awesome, but the Bills always get down, then come back. I'll relax at 42-7 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, well, we got pretty close to that. Uh, Taylor again says, For the first time in weeks, you won't be saying the Vikings didn't do much on offense. Actually, you could say that pretty much the first time all year. You can say that because it was the most tedious offense we've ever seen. For once, the Vikings today looked like the 2009 Vikings. At least kind of. Kind of. Uh, Tavares Jackson certainly not as good as Brett Favre. In fact, he threw three interceptions in the game, as mentioned. That pick six was in the first half. He threw two more in the second half. But the Buffalo Bills couldn't do a Galdern thing with those opportunities, for the most part. They did get one more garbage touchdown very late in the game. Whatever, we'll get to that as we get to it. But uh, this was just a really fun game. It really was. The Vikings would add a field goal at the end of the half to make it 31-7. We'll take it. I mean, this was just uh, this was just too easy. This kind of, this yeah, this looked like 2009, at least on the scoreboard. The Vikings just frustrate people. Well, all of last year, they scored at will for the most part when given the opportunity anyway, when they actually had the ball. Yeah, they scored when, when they needed to. Vikings dominated. And uh, this was this was definitely the easiest game of the year, without a doubt. Uh, the Cowboy game was not that easy. The Lions game even was, well, it was, it was easy, but it wasn't fun. It was tedious. Tedious was the third quarter. Not really much going on. But then again, it was kind of like garbage time. It was kind of like the St. Louis Rams last year when the Vikings went 41-7 to on the road in St. Louis. Um, the third quarter, just not much going on. 
DeVarce Jackson, not spectacular, but nobody else really was. Again, as mentioned, McKelvin had a very, very, very tough run. That's for darn sure. Uh, he almost uh, he almost redeemed himself, but Gerhardt never had possession. It looked like an interception for McKelvin, but it was, uh, in the end, ruled. It was, in the end, ruled a incomplete pass, so thank God for that. And then Tavares Jackson threw the ball way too high to Greg Camarillo, tipped up and intercepted by McKelvin. So he finally did something right later on, and that's pretty much about your third quarter there. That's about the excitement there. The Bills failed like usual, nothing going on. The Bills fumble the ball. It's like, this is kind of silly, kind of pointless. Daily Norseman comments and says, this team cannot allow itself to get complacent. This Buffalo team put up 35 in the second half on Cincy a couple of weeks ago. Luckily, that was not the case. Buffalo Bills even roughed the kicker. This is just hilarious. I mean, this team has no composure at all. They're, they're as bad as the Cowboys. I feel bad for Chan Gailey in Buffalo. I think he's in trouble. Obviously, a 2-10 and record. Um, just no composure. I mean, the guy just ran into Chris Cluey on a punt attempt, you know, during that... This was actually early in the fourth quarter. Ran into... Chris Cluey. Luckily for the Bills, it was during the return. It was really late. It wasn't like as he was kicking the ball, Mr. Cluey, that is. So it was not like one of those deals where roughing the kicker and then it's a first down for the for the, the kicking team. That would have been pretty cool. That was, of course, Quentin Gather that ran into uh, Mr. Cluey. Tom Pelissero says Quentin Gather is a moron. He <laughs> followed Chris Cluey all the way down the field. The cheap shot him after the tackle. Real tough guy. Yeah, I agree with Mr. Pelissaro there. That's pretty funny. Because Zelgad had to make this comment. Favre, by the way, still standing on the sideline with his helmet on. And it's like, I wanted to say something about, oh, maybe Favre's like in silent protest. But no, he wasn't in silent protest. It was because Favre was the designated backup in case there was an emergency with Tavares Jackson. Regardless if Favre was, regardless that Favre's shoulder was so bad he couldn't throw, really, at this point in time. At least not the way he'd want to. So he was like the des- going to be the designated handoff guy. He even said that himself if uh, Tavares got hurt because Joe Webb has an injured hamstring. It's like another hamstring issue, just like with Sanford last week. Pretty pretty crazy. Um, again, as mentioned, yeah, it became garbage time. Not really much going on. It's funny, though, because at this point, <laughs> Tavares Jackson threw another interception. Another interception. Yeah, he threw another one. Hilarious. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I had to say this. This is funny. We're winning 31-7, to yet we have four interceptions. We're winning 31-7 to and have four interceptions. Oh, my God! It's like, what's up with that? That's kind of funny. Uh, certainly sloppy, yet we're still scoring. It just tells you how good we played and how bad the Buffalo Bills played to be winning that easily. Uh, again, a very sleepy second half. Buffalo Bills continue to turn the ball over. It's just ridiculous. Adrian Peterson, after the Bills turned the ball over, another turnover by the Buffalo Bills, another fumble. The ball was given to Adrian Peterson, who just ran right through the Buffalo Bills all the way on the very first play. (laughs) This is actually the first drive early in the first quarter for the Vikings. He just ran and ran and ran on the very first attempt during the uh, the offensive play after the Bills fumble. 43 yards to pay to it. Adrian Peterson with his third touchdown of the game. Of course, his long of the game. And uh, it was just like, this is too easy. That was when it became 31-7, to of course. That's what made it 31-7. to I got a little ahead of myself earlier, but that's okay, I guess. Sorry about that. Uh, very entertaining how things turned out there. Just way too easy. And again, as I mentioned a thousand times, Buffalo Bills, bad run defense. Vikings exploited it, and that's why we won. Excuse me, that made it 38-7. to I'm stupid. It was already 38-7. Ugh, excuse me for that. Uh, MN Vikings guy says, bad ankle? I don't think so. That's all day. Not AP. Adrian Peterson. Thank you very much. And yeah, all day indeed. It was all day all right. That's for that's for sure. Got to a point that it was just, you know, it was total garbage time. 38-7. to Albert Young actually got the ball, which is hilarious. Kind of. Yeah, Albert Young, he'd been inactive like pretty much forever. He was in the game, made a nice spin move, but that's about all you saw about Albert Young. Nothing spectacular, but at least he got to play a little bit. Kind of nice to see. He actually had 10 rushes in that fourth quarter, only amounting 27 yards, 2.7 a carry. Toby Gerhardt, 
12 rushes, 54 yards, 4.5 a carry. Tavares Jackson had two rushes for 22 yards. The Vikings' rush offense was amazing, and I mean just ridiculous. 210 yards on the ground for the Minnesota Vikings. Look, that's not enough to work with. And uh, in this case, yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. And uh, we'll take it. Again, Buffalo Bills did score a garbage-time touchdown. Make it 38-14. And uh, that's about all she wrote. The announcers seem to be in love with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And you know what? I, I like him, too. The Bills have an okay quarterback, that's for sure. Now they need a couple more pieces around him. They still have Lee Evans, who's a decent player. And even Fred Jackson looks okay, the running back Fred Jackson. Uh, he only ran the ball 42 times, excuse me, 11 times or 42 yards. Almost four yards a carry, though. That's not bad. And then even Spiller looked really good. Seven rushes, 35 yards. And, of course, limited time. He did run for 20 yards. But uh, the Bills couldn't really run the ball too much because they were playing from behind most of the way. And that's just how it goes. That is just how it goes. Sidney Rice was amazing today, though. He looked like the guy that played last year. He looked like the guy we remember, and uh, it was it was it was a very good thing. It was a very fun thing to watch. Five catches, 105 yards, two touchdowns, and that including that 46-yard beautiful play he made on McKelvin, the way he just kind of held onto it and pulled it in. Just a beautiful play. And uh, there you go. There's your game. It was a lot of fun. I hope all of you enjoyed it. I sure the heck did. Uh, I'm going to mention this as well. I forgot to mention earlier, no call-ins today, but the call-in line is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. I'm going to remind you guys, I, I hey, I miss hearing from you out there, those of you, so please do call in soon. If you can, mention for, you're calling in for Purple Mafia. It is a voicemail, so yeah. Do mention you're calling in and do your comment, question, shout-out, whatever, and enjoy. That's pretty much all she wrote for the game review. It was just, it was a fun game. It was positive. Uh, weird to see Brett Favre actually not really play the whole game. Javaris Jackson getting extended playing time. It was like 2008 again, in a way. It was kind of funny to see that. Uh, and you didn't have that 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 noose around Javaris Jackson's neck. He got to be a little more free. He looked good, but he made a lot of mistakes again, or at least <laughs> three interceptions. You can't do that if you're going to win. Um, Buffalo Bills' defense is not that good. You know, McKelvin made a lot of mistakes in this game. It's kind of sad that Tavares Jackson would get three turnovers in this game, considering how well the team played in general and how free he got to play. It just kind of shows you, well, he is a little out of control, Tavares Jackson. There's no doubt about it. But again, positivity. Positivity is the word when we discuss Leslie Frazier. Going to get a few quotes from Brett Favre before I get to the actual Facebook group and then Facebook uh, <laughs> page. Facebook page first, of course, like always. Uh, yeah, the X-ray was negative. Nothing's broken. Nothing's broken. I have no idea if, if I can if he can play next week. That was the good part. Favre, of course, was <laughs> was examined on the bench and eventually went to the locker room, returned to the sideline and remained in uniform. But admitted he could not have thrown the football. Joe Webb, the Vikings' third quarterback, suffered a hamstring injury. And Favre said he could have handed off with his left hand if he had to return. How crazy is that? I took it through throws on the sidelines. <laughs> and I said it wasn't so much as worth it or not worth it. It was, can I be effective? Yep, Favre's answer. That answer was no. And that is saying a lot to me. Hmm. That I will ask next this next week. Can you be effective as you play? If the answer is yes, if I think I can, I would love to play. And save this through. So, yep, there you go. That's pretty much the deal with Brett Favre. In terms of can he play, well, we're just going to have to wait and see. Percy Harvin and Steve Hutchinson did not play in this game either. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. Uh, Greg Lewis was out with a concussion. <laughs> Hank Basket was a healthy scratch. Pretty crazy indeed. Yeah, we might be seeing a little bit of Hank Basket out there as well. We'll see what happens. Maybe even Joe Webb might be one of the active four receivers. We'll see what happens, though. Of course, he's out with a hamstring, so I don't know if you want him running, right? That's pretty much about it. Very entertaining stuff, indeed. It was a, it's just a fun game. So before we take a break and talk about the New York Giants, we're going to get to the Facebook stuff right now, the Facebook stuff. So Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show is the website. Please do... Get to that page 
And then simply click like so you can be a part of the group. Uh, I've noticed that's not been happening a lot lately. Though it looks like the views are pretty high. It actually looks like that indeed. Like there's a lot of people viewing this page. So could you please do me a favor? Scroll down on the left-hand side and click like. Just Can you please do that? I'd appreciate it very much. We need to get some more people on here. It would be a lot of fun. Uh, Tony L. Coleman, of course being Twineball, did attend the game. Got it like that. Um, we'll get to that in a second. He had a few comments during the show. It's an interesting idea. Uh, Brent Jacobson's comment is, What do you think of this plan for the Vikings? Draft Cam Newton and sign a veteran, perhaps a Matt Castle, Castleback. Matt Hasselbeck. Yeah, Matt Castle. Mm-hmm. Listen to the Chiefs zone a little too much. Matt Hasselbeck that can tutor him and lead this team if necessary. Well... Hey, it's better than the alternative right now. Yeah, Tavares Jackson looked okay, but hey, three three interceptions, that's kind of ridiculous, and you guys know it. Um, do you really want to put up with Tavares Jackson anymore? I don't know. The draft pick is very important. Uh, Matt Hasselbeck? I don't know, maybe. Um, he's pretty old, of course, though you're kind of starting over at the quarterback position. Man, it's kind of tough, though. I, you got Sidney Rice and Adrian Peterson at that point right now that they're ready to go out there and be superstars. Peterson obviously has been a superstar since he stepped on the field. Sidney Rice looked like a nice rookie, had a horrible sophomore year, had a ridiculously great junior year, and then his senior year. Well, not really senior year, but you know what I mean, his fourth year in the NFL. Well, he finally looked like a star again today against a not-so-great team. Um but at the same time, <laughs> I'm trying to get to the point a little bit quicker than I have been. Um, hey, these guys are at that point now. You kind of want to win now before they get too old, especially Adrian Peterson, because running backs don't last forever. Uh, not sure. I guess. I mean, Matt Hasselbeck's been to the Super Bowl. Can he stay healthy? That's another million-dollar question. How much does he have? How much tread does he have on the tire? Okay, that's the former coach. But, yeah, I like the way he used that about Moss. Uh, yeah, how much tread does Matt Hasselbeck have? Um, I don't know. Not a bad idea, though. Uh, taking a quarterback of the future, I just would be. I'd be thrilled if there was a legitimate possibility this team could get a quarterback of the future. Been a little frustrated with some of these college blue chips. It seems like none of them seem to be taking that step. I mean, the only there's only a couple really that have been anything the last several years now. Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers. That's it. And Aaron Rodgers, yeah, Aaron Rodgers was at a point supposed to be number one or number two with uh, Alex. Smith, Alex Smith was another just blue chip bust. I mean, yeah, there you go, blue chip bust. That's what a lot of these guys have been. Matthew Stafford of Detroit, eh, whatever. Sam Bradford, I don't know. You know, Matthew Stafford isn't anything great. He's, he, he's just like another Joey Harrington. You know, he was taken number two overall by the Lions. Stafford is taken number one. Whatever, man. Whatever. Who Who's Matt Stafford anyway? Who is he? Oh, he's making $60 million a uh $60 million on his rookie freaking contract, which they need to fix in this collective bargaining agreement. But, uh, yeah, these blue-chip quarterbacks, I'm not too impressed. Um, Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's about it, really, the last several years. You know, the Peyton Manning worked out big time. That was a long time ago, though. That was 98. I mean, that's a long time ago. Uh, 99, there were some good ones, of course. McNabb. Uh, Tim Couch, though, first overall pick to the bronze. Who? Tim Couch? Uh, who's that again? Oh, yeah, he was okay. Yeah, not really. He stunk. Never did anything. McNabb was good. Culpepper was out of control. Achilles Smith was one of the biggest busts in the history of mankind. Achilles freaking Smith, who thought he should be paid more than Donovan McNabb. Oh, God, what a joke. Oof. When players start talking like that, get the hell away from them, because they will bleep you in the you-know-what. And boy, did Achilles Smith do that to the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, my God. Okay, sorry about that. I kind of got off. <laughs> well, I didn't really get off topic. I kind of got in a rant about blue-chip quarterbacks. But, uh, yeah, if we could get a blue-chip quarterback that uh, <laughs> has his head on straight, well, oh, well, hopefully that can. Hopefully it does turn out that way. Anthony Batista, this was an in-game post. He says, look at that speed. <laughs> they, couldn't even pull his, they couldn't even pull his flag if he had one. That's, of course, if it was flag football. Talking about Adrian Peterson and that explosion, it was beautiful. Brent Jacobson, of course, put that picture on there. Very entertaining. He says, gee, I, gee, I guess we now know which of Santa's lists Brad Childress is on. Got it like that. Dan Taylor comments. He says, yes, it's only two games in. Two games in. 
excuse me. But right now, I'd be happy with Frazier as head coach next year. He doesn't back away from his game plan when a big player is injured. He didn't back off when he had a lead. And he even knew when to challenge. And most importantly, the team and the fans seem a lot more excited these last two weeks. What do you all think? I, I completely agree, Dan. There's no doubt about it. And again, I'm going to keep saying this because guess what, folks? This is the title of the show, Positivity. That's all i got to say about Leslie Frazier. Leslie Frazier equals positivity. And that has been the key to the Vikings. Brad Childress equaled negativity. That's what he was. Brad Childress was Mr. Negative. Leslie Frazier is Mr. Positive. That's the key. The guy actually smiles. The guy preaches positivity. He preaches focus. And the Vikings are 2-0 under Leslie Frazier. So, uh, hey. <laughs> hey, more more feathers in his cap. And uh, Leslie Frazier, like I did mention a couple shows ago, the special edition, is he qualified to be the head coach in the NFL? Yes. Yes. No doubt about it. We'll continue. Tony L. Coleman, the Bills suck so bad. They made T-Jack look awesome, except for the three interceptions, but yeah, I'll continue. Uh, he said, he, conti- he continues, this, this was a cool game to be at, too. The atmosphere was great, not to mention we had great seats. Section 118, row 9, <laughs> Sebastian Ball says, I hate him so much still. Of course, T-Jack, yeah, he looked good. He looked like he was having fun out there, a big smile on his face. That was the most, you know, that was about the most fun I've seen T-Jack have. The interception stunk, but the guy had a big smile on his face. He looked like he was having a blast. And, uh, yeah, it's been about a year and a half for the guy, just riding on the bench with his hat on backwards, his arms folded, and, uh, you know, being bored off his ass, I'm sure. But uh, maybe that's where he belongs. I don't know. He's kind of a microwave off the bench. Uh, if he could just... Yeah, <laughs> Uh, if he could eliminate this mistake, it'd be nice. But hey, come on, this is what? How, how, he's been in the NFL since 2006. You know, he was the starter going into 07, got hurt, came back, was a positive, but not that great in 07 at times. In 08, he was uh, horrendous to start out the year, got benched for Gus freaking Farrat, who's about as old as Favre and not as good. Uh, no, not even close. Then Farad had to get hurt for Jackson to come back. He looked great for a couple games and then was horrible the rest of the way and got uh, beaten by the Philadelphia Eagles at the in the Dome. Yeah, Brad Childress in his first playoff game lost in the Dome. Great. <laughs> That's about Brad Childress. That's about his history. Sorry for saying his name. I'm supposed to just call him the former coach. But whatever, we'll continue. <laughs> yeah, Tavares Jackson. Mm. I could go on for I could go on for hours about the guy. I could. The talent's there, but the mistakes are there too. There. End of story. There it is. Tony puts up. Tony Coinball. So again says great seats, great game, and I was thinking of the purple mafia family the whole game. Man, I thank you, man. That is so cool. Tony, you are awesome to say that. And everybody appreciates it. Dan Doro, Anthony Batista doing the thumbs up to Tony Coleman there. Hey, that that's really cool to say that. Tony, I, I love it. I appreciate that. We're thinking about you there, too. And uh, a game like that, I mean, the positivity just oozes from Leslie Frazier. And it oozed in that building beyond belief. That was his home debut. And what a debut it was. A lot better than the exit of the former coach the last time the Vikings suited up in the Dome. All right, here we go. Dan Doro says, great seats, and yeah, they are from that pick, that vantage point, you can tell they were good seats, Sebastian says, hey, we, we are still undefeated when you go, maybe if we get to a Super Bowl, maybe you should go, yeah, because yeah, Tony earlier said he's been undefeated since being on the, uh, since being there, since going to the Vikings, they were undefeated for me too, until they lost that stupid Falcon game in 2008, you guys all remember that. Uh, I had a show about that one, Deja Vu to 07. That's what it's called way back in the archives. If you guys want to look that up on thesportstuff.com, it's still there. Just keep clicking older shows until you get to it. <laughs> you get to hear what uh, how I talked about that. Uh, Sebastian again says, thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan Doro. I knew it was a great idea. Yep, Dan Doro gave him a thumbs up there. Tony responds with, that's what I've been saying. Give me season tickets and we'll never lose. Ha! And playoff and Super Bowl. Says Sebastian to finish that off. And yeah, there's no doubt about it. 
Sebastian comments, I want to take a survey who thinks Favre will start next week. Dylan Richardson says, simply says, I think if his heart is beating, he will. I tend to agree with Dylan Richardson. Uh, Leslie Frazier, of course, reiterated his support of the 41-year-old number four. And yeah, he's going to start at quarterback next week. Brett Favre was inaccurate at times last week. Overall, statistically, he was accurate, but uh, though some of his inaccurate passes were like so off, it wasn't even funny. We're just going to have to see how things go here. Um, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, when a guy's shoulder hurts so much he can't even throw it, basically, that's that's a problem. But it's far. We'll see what happens. If he can play on broken bones in his ankle and, uh, well, just a million other things, who knows what else. You know, obviously, tendonitis in his elbow already. The shoulder bugging him a little bit, too, on occasion. It's going to be really interesting to see how things go. So let's quickly move on here to the Purple Mafia group. To get there, simply type in the search bar, Purple Mafia Minnesota Vikings Show. You'll get to it. Go ahead and join it. You're more than welcome to do so. <laughs> Another entertaining uh, couple of posts here. <laughs> Janine says, uh, says, well... We won, but T-Jack threw three interceptions. That can't happen next week against the Giants. We barely beat the Redskins last week, and the Giants just crucified the Redskins 31-7. to McNabb sacked four times, fumbled three, and intercepted twice. The Redskins turned the ball over eight times, and the Giants created all of them. That's the problem. I mean, Janine's posts, man, these are really... This is good stuff. Uh, keep posting, Janine. Great, great to have you on board here. I'm... Pretty sure she's a listener of the show. It seems like it. <laughs> That's a really good comment right there. Sebastian Ball says, T-Crack can't start every game, like you said, and he isn't accurate, and Rice saved it from being five interceptions. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, Rice did save the day. Uh, Greg Camarillo did not help Brett Favre last week. That's for sure. Remember how I was mentioned? Brett, the guy just... Camarillo. Whatever. Sidney Rice, thank God he's back. And, um... Hmm. He does a lot of stuff. I mean, sometimes you got to be a defender, too, in situa- situations. you got to go after that ball and protect it and not allow defenders to take it away. Because it, it's doable. It is doable to prevent an interception sometimes. Sometimes you got to be the defensive back. It's just part of the game. Janine continues, glad we beat the Bills and changed history. <laughs> we could say we beat the Bills the last time we played them. That's funny. Sebastian responds, and the Bills are awful this year, so I don't know. At least we have a little bit of pride. Oh, that's funny. Janine again says, Any comment about Charlie... Ca- oh, well. Casterly's, con- Casterly's remarks today on CBS about NFL concluding its investigation of Favre this week. Ooh. Sebastian says that it will be o- over this week. Who cares? He isn't getting suspended. And he might not be able to play again in the NFL. Hmm. I, uh, Janine responds with, I'm just, I'm just tired of all the drama and would like to hear something positive about the Vikings. That's all. Everywhere you go, negativity reigns supreme. Sebastian concludes with, but then you get slapped with reality that if Favre can start next week, we might as well play T-Crack and Webb together, flip-flopping, because all we know, Jackson won't be here next year and Webb will be. Yeah, Jackson is a free agent. Uh, Favre, of course, is a free agent and he's done. Um, I'm done, as Brett Favre said earlier this week. Webb will be back. We'll see what happens. Mm. Jackson, I have no idea. Maybe he'll be back, but probably not. I'm guessing he's going to want to move on. I'm guessing Tavares Jackson is going to want to move on, regardless if he's starting or come out of the bench, and I don't think he's going to be starting. Maybe he'll go to Jacksonville and start. Who knows? Maybe a team like that or Carolina or something, depending on how Jimmy Clausen works out. Um, as for Brett Favre and the thing concluding this week, yeah, thank God it'll be over. I just want it to end regardless. Um, he's probably guilty of something. I uh, I think it's pretty obvious. We'll see just how much. Yeah, how fun. Sebastian Balls with a great comment here. We have our longest winning streak of the year? Is this good or bad? I'm sort of thinking it's awful, but it's with a new coach. Yeah, he's 2-0. and Good thoughts there, Sebastian. Sebastian with a couple more coats here. And if you think today's win was huge, you're wrong. Wait till next week. If we beat New York, then we can party. 
Oh my goodness. Uh, yep, then there's a lot of quotes back and forth there. I'm just going to leave that one alone for the sake of time. Uh, yeah, if we beat New York, we, well, we can maybe not party, but we're going to get pretty damn excited. It'd be kind of like in 07 when the Vikings went into New York and beat the Giants, and we were shocked beyond belief. We all know what the Giants went on to do that year, but for the time being, the Vikings shocked shocked all of us here in Minnesota very nicely. A huge road win, one of the few Brad Childress road wins of his career. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice shot, and I said his name again, sorry. Um, hey, maybe we can pull off something funny like that. I mean, then you know, okay, Leslie Frazier, let's 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 start drawing up that contract. Let's uh, let's get the guy signed. Yeah, let's get it done. If if we win in New York next week, then I think it's time to start thinking about uh, thinking about Leslie Frazier as the long term solution at head coach. If we lose, we lose, and uh, the season's completely over without a doubt. At that point, you can stick the dagger into the grave; it's all over. Stick the nail in the coffin, all that good stuff. Um, we'll just see what happens with that. Sebastian Bell's final comment is the same as on the Facebook page. I want to take a survey on who thinks Farvel Sarah next week, and uh, yeah, he will. I think he will. It's all about his health, obviously. Um, but I think he'll play. I think he'll find a way to get in there. His shoulder will be just good enough to be effective, and he'll throw a couple touchdowns, we hope. Oh, boy. Who knows how hard the Giants are going to hit him, though. It's <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, what's-his-name had a little problem. Old what's-his-name McNabb had a slight problem with the Giants, as Jenny mentioned. And we're going to talk a little bit about that right after this. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 81, which is a reminder for iPod users and MP3 players like the Microsoft Zoom and other good stuff like that. Um, yep, well, last week was the Chris Carter show. I guess it's the Vasante Shanko show or the Anthony Carter show or whatever because it's 81. Yeah, we'll continue. We'll just move on. Yep, the Giants has mentioned 131-7 over the Washington Deadskins. No, the Redskins, they're now 8-4. and four. And again, the Vikings' hopes of making the playoffs. I mean, th- that's why it's going to be so hard because there's so many teams with already with eight, eight, eight wins already. Good luck to the Vikings making the playoffs this year. I doubt it. But hey, this is another step towards doing that if the Vikings can beat the New York Giants next week. It's going to be extremely interesting. It will be ridiculous if the Vikings do pull it out. It will be uh, pretty darn remarkable. The Giants' defense really dominant against the, uh, the Redskins. The Giants' running game, ridiculously dominant against the Redskins. Uh, luckily, the Vikings' run defense is still pretty decent, but then again, they gave up a lot. They gave up big plays to pretty lame running backs earlier in the year. In fact, third-string-type guys with Green Bay and New England, which, of course, sealed, uh, which was, of course, all nails in the coffin for the former coach. Brandon Jacobs only rushed the ball eight times and had 103 yards in the game. <laughs> with two touchdowns, Ahmad Bradshaw, 97 yards and 25 rushes. Still about four yards a carry there. Uh, two touchdowns for him. That Four running touchdowns for the New York Giants. That's ridiculous. Definitely, you got to worry about the run. They don't have earth, wind, and fire anymore, but they still, they still have... <laughs> they still have earth and fire. They still have earth and fire in New York. It's... Uh, the talent on the running game. The running game in that in New York is just ridiculous. Eli Manning, not so great passing the ball. Really not at all. In fact, Donovan McNabb certainly beat him in the in the, at least the passing. Overall, Eli Manning only fifteen or was fifteen and twenty-five, sixty percent completions, only 161 yards, and also threw an interception. Of course, earlier mentioned McNabb threw an inter- two interceptions, was sacked four times. Um, yeah, Eli Manning. He's not having the greatest year ever, but the Giants are still playing really well. Their defensive line certainly has returned to a much better place than it was last season. I mean, the Giants look like they were on the verge of collapse last year. They really fell off the face of the earth, much to our surprise. Remember, in 2008, they were a 14-2, and 13-3 team. They looked fantastic and then got beat right away, much to all of our shock, much to our surprise. Arizona Cardinals, 
went in and put a number on those SOBs. Yes, they did. Very impressive fashion indeed. On their route to the Super Bowl were the Arizona Cardinals. They were that year's version of the New York Giants. Massive underdog. Unfortunately, they didn't beat those awful Steelers. I would have rather seen the Patriots beat the Giants than the uh, Cardinals lose to the Steelers than the Steelers beat the Cardinals. But, yeah, side story. One key with the Giants, obviously, uh, focus on the run defensively. That's for sure. <laughs> defensively focus on the run. Uh, yeah, of course, you got to think who, no matter who's quarterback next week, who do you think the key of the game is? What do you think the key of the game is? Well, what do you think? What do you think? It's like kindergarten right now. It, it is. Establish the run. Absolutely got to do that. Establish the run. Adrian Peterson is playing out of his freaking mind, as all of you know. Though, unfortunately, this team, the New York Giants, allows oh, about 60, so, oh, about 70 uh, <laughs> yards less on the ground than the uh, Buffalo Bills do. Yep. Coming into the game, the Bills averaged about 170 yards against the New York Giants, only allowing 100 yards on the ground per game. That's gonna, So the running game is going to be a little bit tougher to come by. Luckily, it is a home game for the Vikings. Yes, another home game for the Vikings. The Giants, though, yeah, they lead the league in forced fumbles. That is a huge problem coming in. Uh, they had 11 interceptions, finished with 13 on the day. The tenor interceptions aren't as scary as the forced fumbles, that's for sure. Um, the Giants, definitely an outstanding team. Defensively, their defensive line has amassed 31 sacks on the year. They're in the top five in all of football. In fact, they're tied for third with a couple teams. It's, uh, it's uh, yeah. whoever the quarterback is, he's better be mobile. Unfortunately, that sounds like Tavares Jackson, doesn't it? Because Tavares Jackson is mobile. He can get away from people a little bit. Brett Favre, oh boy. I mean, how many more hits can this guy take? How many more hits can Brett Favre take? I wouldn't be surprised if Tavares Jackson starts next week. Yes, I mentioned, yeah, Brett Favre is going to start. And I understand that. And he probably will. But at the same time, at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if Brett Favre, or excuse me, if Tavares Jackson did start it kind of sounds like more of a Tavares Jackson type of game. As funny as that sounds, uh, Jackson's more prone to the interceptions and the fumbles, and the Giants really aren't as scary in the interception category, though. What's really funny about all this? You know what's really funny about all this? <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. I was saying about, oh, the Giants only have 11 interceptions on the year, right? Well, the Bills at four coming into the game. And now I've have have eight because Brett Favre threw one in the first play of the game, and Tavares Jackson had three. The Buffalo frickin' Bills doubled their interception total for the year. <laughs> oh, what the hell? That's that's pretty funny, actually. That really is. Um, yeah, that's a little problem. That that that's a little problem. <laughs> so if Tavares Jackson or Brett Favre plays, please, oh, please protect the ball, please. For the love of God, protect the ball. Unfortunately, yeah, the force fumble's a problem. Adrian Peterson, knock on wood, continues to protect the ball. And, uh, boy, I guess we can't seem to think that he'll do any anything different this week. Can the Vikings beat the Giants? Well, I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, the Giants allow 186 passing yards a game. That, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Yardage-wise, yardage-wise, that is number one in football. Ouch. Yep. Number one in football, the New York Giants pass defense, according to yardage. That's a problem. Again, McNabb struggled big time. Um, well, then again, he got 300 yards on the ground. I mean, passing, but it took two interceptions as well. He struggled, was out of control a little bit. And again, you know, uh, what did they get? Eight turnovers in the game that did the... Uh, boy, oh boy, did the... <laughs> The Giants took eight turnovers from the, the Redskins. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, the Giants' defense is looking a lot better. They look like a team that could very well make it all the way this year. There's a very good chance they could, regardless if uh, Eli Manning is the quarterback or not. Uh, he, he's having an okay year, 23 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. Hakeem Nix has really emerged as a nice receiver for those Giants. Hakeem Nix, of course. Um, but the running game in New York is a huge problem. It's um, about as good as you're going to see in the NFL. Definitely got to work. Definitely got to establish the run. Uh, establish stopping the run, that is, defensively. That is a huge key in this game, without a doubt. Luckily, as mentioned, it is a home game, and I think that's going to affect the New York Giants' offense. Will it affect the Vikings' offense? I, I hope so. 
I hope so. Hopefully it helps. Um, though I think the Vikings defense will get a lot of help from the home crowd, from the home cooking. <sighs> Could I predict the Vikings to win this game? Oh, boy. Can I? Can I? Do I? Dare I? Dare I? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pick the Vikings to win. And I know it reeks of homerism, but nope, it's not because of the homerism. It's because there's a positive vibe with Leslie Frazier right now, and right now I ain't going to bet against Leslie Frazier, especially at home. I can't do it. The Vikings will beat the New York Giants at home. <laughs> Holy crap, Batman! I see it happening. I uh, do. I think there's there's a, there's a possibility. They, yeah. Do I think there's doubt? Oh, of course there is. Of course there's some doubt. I mean, you can't be like, oh, Vikings, there's no way the Vikings are going to lose this game. Well, of course they could lose the game. They could lose it very easily. New York Giants are a very good team. Their defense is phenomenal. And uh, their running game is ridiculously good as well. Very scary, actually, as far as I'm concerned with uh, Earth and Fire. No more Earth, Wind, and Fire, but Earth and Fire in New York. Earth and Fire is more than enough to make a huge problem for any defense, regardless of the Vikings' rush defense is on their game or not. That could be a huge problem, but I'm pick, I'm going with the positive vibe. I love Leslie Frazier right now. I love the vibe that he has given this team. And a home game with Leslie Frazier, regardless of who the opponent is, I think the Vikings pull off an emotional, exciting victory against the New York Giants. I'm going to go with 28-24. 28-24, the Vikings squeak out a very exciting, fun, you know, Chicago Bears-Minnesota type of game. It's going to be like one of those. I think the Vikings pull it out. Of course, it's the Giants, but it's kind of like Vikings and Bears. It kind of is. It's very similar. It's going to be black and blue-like. I think it's kept. It's going to be purple and blue, technically. <laughs> That's pretty funny, huh? But no, um, I think they pull it out. I think the Vikings go 6-7, and seven, and uh, we'll see. I'm not going to pick it against Leslie Frazier until I have reason to right now. That's my approach going in. It's all about the positivity. And I thank all of you for... <laughs> having some positivity. Some people can't, but a lot of you are pretty positive, and there's really, if we can hang on to the football a little bit better uh, in the passing game, yeah, <laughs> we have a chance to be something, I guess. Will we make the playoffs? Probably not, but will we finish strong? Probably. Right now I'm predicting the Vikings finish the 2010 season very strong. It's looking like it. And 2011, if it happens, could be uh, a very fun season. So, uh, being it's late at night, couldn't get this show going because uh, <laughs> with no internet, I can't have the, some of the information I need, and um, I just I had to get it up. Had to get uh, the internet finally did come up late at night. Glad to get this thing done. Thank you all for listening. Uh, real quick though, please do join the message boards on the sportsstuff.com. Uh, there's a button on the right hand corner of the front page, the upper right-hand corner of the front page, that says TSS Boards, click that, then click register, then uh, join those message boards, talk with other fans of the NFL, and of course the NFC North, it's split, the, the, the message board is split up in divisions, so you can talk with other fans in the division, and of course other Viking fans as well, again, don't forget about the Purple Mafia Facebook page and group and the Twitter account. Do join those. Don't forget to call in to 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. Mention you're calling in for Purple Mafia. And guys, don't be shy. Just call in. Please call in. I'd appreciate it very much. And also, do consider writing a review. If you love this show, if you love this show very much and you want to do anything you can to help, and I'm saying that to all of you out there because you're out there. I know you are, especially after a win. I know there's going to be a little bit more people out there because the more positivity, the, the more people want to listen. Um, you want to listen to somebody piling on to a bad team with a bad offense, which kind of we put up with a little bit for a while there with the former coach. Um, but no, please write a review about Purple Mafia on iTunes. Those of you that have an iTunes account and all that good stuff, or you can get one for free, obviously. Uh, yeah, write a review. Give me the nice rating. Write the review on there. Tell them, tell them what you like about the show. Maybe what I could do to improve as well. And that's all you got to do. I'd appreciate it very much. If you are willing to take the time to do that, I can't force anyone to. It's all on you if you want to. And uh, if you do, I appreciate it. So until the Vikings go 6-7 and seven next week, we will be bidding adieu. Adieu.